Monday to you and you and you and you and you. Welcome to the train wreck of Happily Ever After Season 7, Episode 8, Recap and Review. Um, you guys want to go ahead and pop that on the bottom of the screen. So go ahead and support the show. Support the show. Hey, y'all in the comments. Hey, live chat. Megan, Joslo, Jennifer, Stevie, Slycat, Connie, Rebecca. Hey, y'all. Hey. Everyone say hey to Rebecca. She is a new Patreon subscriber, and I know she's in for some treats. Some treats. Some treats. Um, okay, so you guys, first and foremost, this total show is, is I'm just going to say it's a shit show. It's a shit show. And I don't know if they purposely cast these cast members besides Jovi and Yara, I'm taking, I'm keeping them out of it. Everyone else, uh, there's some type of toxic domestic violence situation going on. It is, it's bizarre. It's, it's bizarre to me, but I think I figured it out. So here's what I was thinking today when I was like doing my notes. Cause you know, I'm big on notes, right? So I think I'm going to leave Summit and Jenny together. 10 years, you know, they've been problematic, but this season, eh, they're not that problematic considering all the other problematic couples. I'm, always, I'm also going to leave Jovi and Yara. I was super excited about Jovi. Like, he's, hi, midwife Crystal. Hey, girl, hey. Stopping by to say hi. Busy midwife Crystal. It's cuffing season, and that means it's baby season. All right, so I'm leaving Jovi and Yara together because I actually like them and I feel like Jovi's really stepping up and we'll talk about it later. I want to move things around. I think Angela and Ed belong together. I think that Michael, who's in his 30s, and Shida, who's in her 30s, they both value family. They value, you know, just living their lives and, you know, they should be together. And then I put Kim with Andre and hear me out, y'all. The reason why I put Kimberly with Andre is because Andre is 100% aggressive and like verbally toxic in my opinion. And I feel like Kimberly could give it back to him. So you could just have like that banter go back and forth and they can understand each other's language. And then I, and hear me out, you guys might not think this, but I would put Bilal and Libby together because I think Bilal is so bossy and she's used to being bossed around. At least she wouldn't be cussed at because, you know, her husband tends to cuss every other word. And who am I forgetting? Um, if Shida didn't want to go with Michael, I would also put her with Usman. That's it. That's it. That's the new couples. 
work that out because what's happening right now is absolutely not working. So we're going to start off with Kimberly and Usman. And y'all, I listen, shout out to Fatimo. Fatimo, Usman's mom, because listen, she she brought the meme game 100% with her side eye looks and the things that she said. I was, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And one of the things I put in my notes, because I think I tend to forget a lot of the age differences. And I always talk about how like age is not an issue. Love is love and you love who you want. I don't know this season. These fools are making me think that age might, might be an issue. So Kimberly and Usman, Kimberly 51, Usman 33. And while I'm saying Kimberly's 51, I'm so curious. Does anyone know how old Usman's mom is? I think she might be younger than Kimberly. <clears throat> um, midwife Crystal, who is a midwife, says the same thing. She said, I was thinking Shida for Usman. She's ready for a baby. His family would love her. Um, and Marcia says, see, now you're trolling us. Hilarious. Okay, so how are they going to get the blessing from his mom, right? That's the big concern because the mom is already like last episode, like, no, nah, if you're bringing another old white woman to the house to get a blessing, that's never going to happen. I can find you someone in seven days right here in our little village. Call it a day. Boom, you'd be married next week. So if that's what you're doing, then there's no need for all of this. And so they're on their way to buy this cow okay so which is a whole other conversation i want to have but hold on so he hasn't told kimberly what his mom is thinking right because he wants to go in with good energy because he also knows that kimberly tends to act up and speak her mind and even when she got there she's like excuse me can i can i say something can i and they all of them are just looking at her right so they get to the market and they're gonna get a gift for Usman's mom. Now, I don't know whose idea this was. I'm convinced that it was Usman's because, you know, I was having flashbacks of baby girl Lisa and her goat to this cow. And I was like, first of all, they get to this like cow market, outside market, and she's petting the goats. And I was like, is that like a flashback to when baby girl Lisa bought the goat because like she's petting the goat. I was like, oh, there might be some different layers in here. I'm going to have to peel that back. And so she's going to buy this cow. And, you know, it can be a pet for Usman's mom. They can eat it. They can sell it. Whatever the case may be, she is going to go to this market and buy this cow. So they get there. They're holding hands. And again, I'm super confused by which rules Usman follows like which rules do you follow not too long ago you were saying there's no public uh displays of affection then you're saying like she can't fist bump your friend because he doesn't belong you don't belong to him and then he even says like you and I aren't supposed to do anything either because you know we're not married but then all this open display of affection I just I'm confused I'm confused. You pick and choose, apparently. So <clears throat> I just want to remind you guys again, because I just think it's interesting. 
goat, baby girl Lisa, cow, Kimberly. So, and he even says, again, I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is like a deeper meaning. Because he's like, a cow is a cow and a goat is a goat. Well, yeah, you got the goat already, been there, done that, and now you have a cow. Um, okay, okay. So Usman's trying to do some finagling. He wants to get a moderate price cow, doesn't want to spend too much money, even though it's not his money. And um, the cow trader says, oh, it's like 200000 which is roughly $500. And then Kimberly said something that was interesting to me. She's like, oh, that's like my whole paycheck. Your whole paycheck doing what? And is that your paycheck for, hey, Rodella, hey, girl, hey, is that your paycheck for the week? What paycheck is, what, what are you doing? What's your job? What does Kimberly do, you guys? What is her job? I know she's ex-military, so maybe she has like a pension or whatever. I don't know how it works. Um, I don't know. It just didn't seem right. So Usman thinks that he's finagling. Joslo says it's her pay every two weeks. There's no way she could live in San Diego on $500 every two weeks. Impossible. Um, so he thinks he's doing some finagling. He gets it down to 185,000, which, you know, if 200,000 is 500, he's knocked off what, like 50 bucks. And when he grabs that money out of Kimberly's hand, I was like, oh no. He's like, grabs it, gives it to the cow trader, says, here, count it, take it. I was like, first of all, this is not your money. Second of all, what you're not about to do is grab this money with this bullshit negotiation. I could have done better than that. They buy the cow. Okay. They buy the cow. Um, now it's the day to meet her mom. And when I say, uh, Sly Cat says, wasn't she living in her mother's house with her? Yes. And like was her primary caregiver. But now what does she do? do and b get says that she works in home health okay so they get to the house and she's going to put this veil she calls it a veil and i'm just going to leave this photo with you and you guys can figure it out for yourself looks exact like honestly you guys just close your eyes and think about baby girl lisa it's the exact same photo, y'all. Exact same photo. Brown hair except for blonde hair. Do you know what I'm saying? It's exactly the same. Remember when baby girl Lisa had hers all tight up here? Like weirdo. <laughs> so she's freaking out. She's super nervous. She doesn't want to go in. She wants him to go in before her. But he wants to go together hand in hand. And when they go in, y'all, I was like, is this an intervention? The whole family was there. Mama was there. Brothers were there. Sister was there. Everyone was there all looking at him. And you know, that first impression when they saw Kimberly walk in, they're like, this motherfucker. They didn't say that, obviously, but that's what they were thinking. So... <laughs> Oh, 
basically gives Usman mom like you know gifts, right? So she gave this little those little pink and green bags. And if you look at mama's face, if that is not a meme, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. She was like, I know I didn't raise this motherfucker to be running amok like this. I know that this is not my son. I know we are not going through this same BS again. I know, I know that I raised this man better than this. What is happening? Who are you bringing up in my house like this again? Look at her face, y'all. Look at her face. (sighs) So Kimberly gives mom a bracelet. We don't actually get to see the bracelet, but apparently they're in one of those, those bags, gift bags. Usman does a little prayer saying, I hope that I get the blessing, that she blesses us. And then he tells this outrageous story, which I just, you know, I hate to throw out like that narcissist word because it's used too often, but this fool straight thinks so highly of himself. So he sits down and says to his family that Kimberly is the one that fell in love with him and that she's been in love with him for a very long time. However, I told her, due to what happened last time with baby girl Lisa, I can't commit myself to any relationship. When did you say that to her? When? When? And if you can't commit to her, why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we here? If you can't commit to her, why are we asking for a blessing and you're trying to get married? Oh, it's because you want to be an international superstar. Superstar with the jazz hands. Superstar. (laughs) So. Then he goes on to say that but then he he understood how she felt. So you understood that she fell in love with you and she's been in love with you for so long. So like you got that. Well, you got it because she was fangirling and you love anyone that is fangirling on you. And so he goes to say, the fact of, of the matter is we both love each other. Now, the mom is not having it, y'all. His mom is like, you married a white lady before and there were issues and then you got separated. And the issue was they couldn't produce kids. Now, Farouk, his brother, he's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. The age is off. She's too old. She's not from the country. She doesn't know the language. Why do we keep doing this? Why do we keep coming here? Why do, Why are we in this situation again? And then his brother Muhammad jumps in and says, you know, mom wants grandchildren. And 
He's shocked, Muhammad says. I'm shocked about Kimberly. I'm shocked and doesn't know why Usman likes, quote, this type of woman. We all know, we all know why. Are y'all shocked? Or any of you shocked? Are any of you shocked? Because I'm not shocked. He has a game plan. And he said it. He let it slip this episode, you guys. I don't know if you heard it. And you might want to go back and listen to it. But when we watch the preview of next episode and Kimberly is like saying, I'm not going to be the second wife, yada, yada, yada. And then he says in the preview, oh, do you think that I've lost anything if you go? He literally says there are a ton of young beautiful, rich women in my DMs. There it is right there, y'all. There it is right there. One, I'm on the show because I'm trying to promote my international superstar status that I've self-proclaimed to be. Number two, the only way I can be an international superstar is if I'm actually international. So I'm trying to get to America. Three, I'm going to go ahead and clout chase. And say I'm like the the best, what did he say last week? He's the most recognized, best, most famous performer from his region. And if you guys look it up, nah, fool. Nah, that is not true. There are so there are so many other Nigerian artists that listen, y'all, listen. In his mind, he's the greatest. In his mind, he thinks he's most successful. But if you're so successful, then why are you looking specifically for rich or what you think are rich American women and specifically older women so you can prey on them? Why is that, my friend? So the mom says she's too old for you and... Farouk says the same thing. And Usman tries to say, listen, there's only like 18 years different. And the sister jumps in and says, yeah, but she's old enough to be your mom. Like she could be your parent. So the mom goes on to say that she thinks that he's young and immature and he doesn't understand the choices that he's making now. And she is convinced that he has to have a Hassa girl. And he's, she's worried that that's not going to happen while she's still alive. And she's like, you know, I love our land. I love our country. And I need my son to get his shit together and go ahead and stop fucking around. She didn't say it like that, but that's what she meant, y'all. And so Farouk says, no, Muhammad says, this time around, we can't support this issue. She And then Usman's like, oh, but she's a good person and she loves me. And then there's a knock at the door. And, you know, the cow trader um, brings the cow and Farouk loses it, y'all. He loses it. He's like, mommy, do you, do you see what's going on here? Do you see what's going on here? Since they know that we're not going to agree to a blessing, they choose to bribe us. And then the sister's like, yeah, this is the highest form of bribe. And then he goes on to mention baby girl Lisa again and says, last time the other one, (laughs) the other one, 
brought us a goat. Mom said, and this was from last week, but it's still applicable. I just pray to God that Kimberly is not your wife. And when she said, y'all, the sister talking crazy to the mom saying, may God take that woman away from us. Y'all, I fell out. I fell out. Okay, let me get it together. But look, look at these two. They're like, nah, mm-mm. Prayed it, prayed away, y'all. Prayed away. Prayed away. We don't, we don't need this woman in our life. We already been down this road and it didn't work out. Why? Why, dear Lord? Why is my son like this? Why is my brother like this? Is this serious? Uh, y'all, I died of laughter. All right. So they're not impressed with the cow. Guess they weren't impressed with the goat. And uh, I already popped that up and maybe I'll bring it back for you guys just to see. Um, but the last thing that the brother said was it's clumsy, clumsy of you to keep presenting these women who can't produce children. Um, and then the mom said he should not bring up another white woman. And then Kimberly starts like tearing up and getting mad and pointing her finger up. Like, may I say something? Can I speak? Can I say something? And they all just ignore her. They're basically like, no, you cannot speak. We're done with this fool. And look at look at the shame on Usman's face. Like, cause what else can he say? What else can he say, y'all? It was listen, I was thoroughly entertained. Now, this is not a match. They can love each other all day long for whatever reasons. I think she loves him because, you know, she's fangirling. And it's like I told you guys before, can you imagine if Drake was like, hey, you want to be my second wife? I'd be like, yeah, I want to be your second wife. And Usman is like, oh, this woman buys me all this stuff, wears my face on her her t-shirts all the time and promotes my music. So I'm just going to go over to America and I'm going to keep tagging John Legend and Chrissy Teigen on social media because I don't know if you guys remember, but just last year he was tagging them saying that she, he was getting married and wanted Chrissy Teigen to officiate his wedding. Remember that? So stop it. All of it. Just stop it. (sighs) All right. Moving on to Andre and, and Elizabeth. Okay. You guys, I don't, I, I don't know if you guys know this and um, I'm just talking, I'm not saying it's happening, but I just feel like 
it's October, it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month and domestic violence can be verbal, um, it can be physical, it can be a combination of the two, be emotional. So a lot of different types of an abuse. And I'm not saying this is happening. I'm just saying like, I, I feel Andre is very aggressive and I feel like Elizabeth comes across like she's afraid of him. And I don't, I mean, I don't know, but that's just the vibe I'm, I, I personally get from watching. And it's a bit scary to me. And I'm going to tell you why. So they're making waffles <clears throat> um, with Ellie and Stefan, Andre's dad is there and Andre sits there and I don't like, okay, so I don't know if you've ever been around someone who is uh, controlling like that. I have been my, my best friend and I, it's not my story to tell. So I'll just say my best friend was in a situation like that. And even just being in the room with that person, you just felt that energy and you felt like. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. I got to sit like, like eggshells. It's very uncomfortable. That's how I feel like Andre is. Like, cause you guys even noticed that after they were making waffles, little Ellie, who's like, how old? Two? He's trying to control even the amount of food she eats. I was like, oh, hell to the, what? Le what? Okay. I just think he's super aggressive. So he's on edge because he's got his immigration um, appointment today. And he thinks someone is reporting him with false accusations and He's going to wear a shirt and tie. So there's a shirt and tie situation going on. And Libby's like, oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll learn to tie and I'll help you with it. And aggressively, he's like, you don't have to get involved. And her whole face just froze. Just froze. <clears throat> um, and she didn't say anything. And I was like, I'm a little scared for her. Right? So they get in the car and they're trying to, like, talk about how, which I think it's too late. Like, you guys knew this interview was coming up for how long because i know how immigration works they give you months in advance notice of here you got to do this and you got to do it by this day but you're literally talking about oh we're going to be on the same page today so what if they ask us about sex we're going to say two times a week and then they're like oh that's a lie sometimes it's five times sometimes it's zero blah blah listen y'all why are you not having this if this is so important to you why are you not having this conversation earlier why are you having it on the in the car when you already know that your husband is super high strung 
And he's already nervous and he's going to blame you if anything goes wrong. Because guess what? That's exactly what happened. So <clears throat> she tests them about like how many times they have sex a week, their favorite, her favorite color, her favorite flower, what side of the bed she sleeps on. Two times a week, favorite color, purple, favorite flower, tulip, and she sleeps everywhere and it annoys him, he says. And so he is being super like aggro in the car and he's saying he's nervous because this is going to determine the course of his life. <clears throat> and one of the things that, you know, we already know that she had her baby, but she was pregnant while they were shooting this. And you could tell it in her face when she was doing her to camera. She's in that red dress. You could tell her whole face was like a pregnant person's face. So they get to the parking lot of UCSIS. She tries to help him with his tie, you guys. And he freaks the fuck out. He freaks out. He grabs the tie, as you can see in this photo, grabs the tie, tells her to stop it, and just freaks out. And I was like, wait, did I miss something? What exactly is happening right here? Your wife is trying to help you because clearly you didn't know what you were doing, and you freak out on her. That is not a reason to freak out. Do you see what I'm saying, y'all? It is wild. It was wild to me. So they go to the interview. <sighs> they go to the interview and they get back from the interview and it was a shit show. It was a shit show. Look at her face, y'all. Now she could be upset, mind you, that the interview didn't go well, but this to me looks like a woman who's in fear. She doesn't know what's coming. She doesn't know what's coming when she gets home. I don't know, but I just didn't like it. Look at her. Right, Joslo? Libby calling him babe all the time, trying to calm him down. That part. That part. Uh, hey, Lydia. Hey, girl. Hey. Uh, Lydia says, hi, Melanated Way family. I came right on time for the Andre and Libby scenes. This episode made me think their baby was made to prove a point to immigration. Trying to do the math here. And Lori says, my husband said Andre should pay extra to the person who has to bleep him out. Fact. Yeah, and, and is it Gretchen and the hate he has for her family? Listen, but that's all part of it, you guys. And again, I'm, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what happens behind closed door, but I do know that in those situations, they try to isolate you. They try to isolate you from the people that love you the most. And she even says it later in the episode where she says, um, since the moment you got here, it's been an issue. Since the moment you got here, it's been an issue. So <clears throat> get back from the interview. Um, and he's cussing up a storm, basically, you guys. He's 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 telling her, uh, don't don't do this fucking bullshit. Don't act like someone is fucking 
dead or dying. And then she was like, baby, we were doing just well. We were doing so good in the beginning. And that part where you have to completely calm the person down, just, I don't know, you guys, it just doesn't sit well with me. And then he's like, don't say anything. Don't you fucking dare. We got grilled and you didn't say yes or no. And you didn't answer the question properly. And you fuck, 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 fucks. The picture, this picture says it all. This says it all. The bleeping that had to come out. I was like, actually like, I don't even know what's happening here. I'm trying to understand what he's saying, but every other word is a cuss word. And guess what? He's blaming her for the interview not going right. Now, listen, y'all. First, before the interview went, what, when does he take responsibility for his actions, okay? Because A, the lawyer said it could be something in your past. And I feel like you haven't told me something about your Moldovan past. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Could it be because, you know, I testified in different trials? Now, fool, nah. You still haven't come correct and you still haven't come clean about your past. And they're seeing that. Then as soon as the lawyer was like, oh, and there could be maybe like someone reported you. I've seen that happen. He automatically, because he doesn't have to take blame, throws that responsibility on for sure it's Libby's family. And then now it's Libby who fucked up. And so he's going to cuss her out. Like I can't, I can't give enough emphasis to the amount of cuss words and and like verbal venom he was throwing at her as if it was her fault right so they got grilled and they were asked what year did you meet and he's to her what the f is that and her answer was different than his and so he was mad and she was like well you know a she was nervous b she's like and we're all like this as as females. When did we meet? Are you talking about like the first time we met? Maybe we met online, like first time we talked, first time we matched, first time we talked on the phone, first time we met in, in, in real life. Like what first time are you talking about? And so that's why she gave a different answer than what he gave. And because she was nervous, she was giggling. Listen, you guys, those are intimidating situations. So, of course, you're going to be a little bit nervous. And so she was, her way of dealing with being nervous is probably she was giggling a little bit. Andre didn't like it. Andre was like dropping F-bombs left, right, and center. I think there were like 10 in a row, like just cussing her, Libby F, Libby F, Libby F, don't you F, don't you dare, don't you F. And I was like, oh, wow. So he's blaming her because she gave two different answers. <clears throat> um, and then he's mad at her because he feels like she was making light of the situation and laughing. And he says, you know, if something happens and we have to move, it's on you. I was like, hmm. So none of none of this is your fault. None of this is, has anything to do with you, Andrea. You were perfect. Um, and I took this screenshot because here when she was getting in the car this is when you could tell she was pregnant 
And I think that, like Lydia said, that was an it's important timing with all this immigration stuff going on. Um, and so they're in the car, and she is just really looking sad and upset. And, you know, she starts crying. And what does he say? You don't need to effing cry right now, okay? And then she exhales. Does that does that make sense to anyone? Because I'm just, I don't get it. Uh, he was so explosive and they didn't even say whether he was approved or denied. Right. They didn't say anything. They didn't get, which is not a good look, right? They, for him not to have uh, an answer. But if you go present day, he's still here. So clearly he doesn't get deported. So they're in the car and she's upset and he's blaming now her family as well. He says that her his, her family is the one that reported him. And she's like, you know, I don't know any of my family that would do that. Like, I just don't know why they would do it and how they would do it. And he's like, oh, they could go on Google and call 1-800-IMMIGRATION. You know the ignorance of that, Andre? The simple fact that you... A, don't say UCSIS, you say USIS. And the second part to say, oh, they call 1-800-IMMIGRATION. I know you're being facetious, but you sound ridiculous. <clears throat> and so he's talking crazy about her family and he's convinced that the family reported him because they hate him and they hate, and his words, you guys, his words, that he's working off of Chuck. That's exactly what you're doing. We all know that you've been using Chuck. We all know that you you clearly have the life you have because of Chuck, and you don't want to mess that up. And you're mad at the fact that you think your wife is messing up the money situation that you think you're entitled to. It's absolutely trash. Trash. He goes on to yell at her to not tell her family because they would get too much enjoyment in it. And she finally snaps and says, don't tell me what to do. I'm not dumb. And he's like, you know what? Don't effing cry right now, he says. And she says, since the moment you got here, between the immigration and the fighting in my family, it's been an issue. And I was like, that is the first time this chick stood up for herself. First time she stood up for herself. And I was proud of her for doing it, doing as much because this, in my opinion, is a bit scary. It's a bit scary. It's very aggressive, you guys. It's very, very aggressive. So <clears throat> um, I want to end their little segment on this so that we're a little bit on a lighter note, even though domestic violence is definitely not something to laugh at. But I saw this. Um, on Reddit, and I was like, this is Andre for sure. So seen leaving the immigration office the day before Andre's interview is one of Liz's sister with a mustache and sunglasses on, considering that he thinks that it had to be one of her family members. Oh, it's so sad, you guys. You guys are saying so much true conversations in the live chat. It's quite, it's quite sad. So 
on to another gaslighter. And if you've never been to my show before, I'm going to already tell you that I'm not a fan of Ed. I think he's a gaslighter. I think he's a manipulator. I think he's an abuser. I think he also uh, is a, a crazy ass narcissist and has no business. There's no business thinking he's high and mighty and a super celebrity that he thinks he is. I think it's outrageous and um, it's just not okay. So <clears throat> Ed wants his ring back and she leaves it with the producer's phone on the ledge and he's like, well, I don't know where she is. She's walking home. So I'm going to go home. He jumps in the ride chair and leaves. We see her walking down the street and the producers are yelling to her, you know, we can give you a ride. We can give you a ride. She thinks about it and uh, decides to jump into the ride share with them. And she's talking about how Ed is insecure and how she threw the wedding ring in the grass and it's gone, how he's so jealous. And, you know, he wants me to hurt him. He wants me to cheat on him. He's so insecure. Yes, he is. And you guys, Ed is 50 friggin' six years old. Liz is 29. Okay. 56. 56. Acting like this. And oh, what did she say? He's been single for 29 years. Says a lot. Says a whole lot. So. <clears throat> She gets to the house, and I don't know if you guys noticed it, but, you know, I get distracted by different stuff. That place was a pigsty. Did you see? Like, you walk in in the couch, and there was, like, blankets on the couch and shit on the floor. It was, like, just a hot disaster. It was a hot disaster. I was like, oh, it's a sty in there as well. Great. So <clears throat> she gets to the house, and automatically he's accusing her, her of some things. So he's accusing her that she was a lesbian that was in a relationship with the girl that she allegedly got into a fight with and said that, you know, when they broke up, cause he always has to talk about how many times he broke up with her eight times. And when I broke up with you, you said that you were with men or women. She's like, no, I said, you would make me want to be with the woman. That's what she said. She didn't say that she was actually going to be with the woman. Now, he's made up his mind and continues to gaslight her and says, you know, I'm tired of your dishonesty. I can't trust you. Are you a lesbian? And let's have this conversation right now, you guys. So friggin' what if she was a lesbian before? So what if she is now? So I don't understand what the problem is. But maybe it's his, I don't know. I don't want to say it's his generation, but I don't get it. You're going to love who you're going to love, going to love, period. And it shouldn't matter. And what specifically shouldn't matter is who you dated in your past. Because guess what? It's behind you and it's your past. What the hell is, what's the point? What is his point? Unless, oh, you're jealous and insecure? You're jealous and insecure and controlling? Explain to me why it's your business and why you're going to throw it in this girl's face who she dated in the past. Who the fuck did you date? Oh, no one because you've been single for 30 years. Got it. Got it. Got it. So not only is he trying to throw something in her face that 
I just don't understand. I just don't understand why it's an issue. And if one of y'all want to tell me, let, let me know. But I don't understand why it's an issue. That's her past. Whatever her past is, that's her past. She's moved forward. She's agreed to marry you. So what is it exactly you're fighting about again? So says he can't trust her. She's dishonest. And then she's like, you know what? What about you? You don't come to bed. You stay up till 5 a.m. You don't cuddle with me. And he's like, well, your friends are all trashy. And she's like, well, you've been single for 29 years. And you don't even know how to kiss. I have to teach you to kiss. And you're friggin' 56 years old. So they go back and forth. He continues to gaslight. And they talk about how he calls her fat. And she calls him, you know, she says he has a little penis and asks him literally, do you think I'm overweight? And then he says, oh, I drop positive hints to her. Like, why are you going to go to the gym and then go and eat nachos? I'm just going to put this photo right here and say the audacity, the audacity, the audacity of this guy. I I, I know you're... I, Ed, I know you're not. I know you are not talking about anyone's weight right now. That's what I know you're not doing. Okay? That's what I know you're not doing in this moment. Because if I was feeling petty, which I'm not, I'm on my best behavior right now, but if I was being petty, I could sit here for 10 minutes and be petty, Ed. So... What you're not about to do is talk about Liz and what she's got going on when you have the audacity to be sitting right there like that. So she literally asked him, why do you call me fat? And is it to make me feel insecure? And then he gaslights her and says, stop it. You're drunk. You're drunk. You drink too much. And my note, all is all it says is he's a gaslighter and a narcissist. He's like, you're drunk. You're drunk. Okay, Ed, whatever. <clears throat> then, as if he's the prize, you guys, as if he's the prize, says to her, go to bed. I'm done talking to you. If you want a chance in hell with him, go sleep off your drunk. If she, wait, what? Wait, what? Oh, no, you did not. Um, then Ed is talking about how, so she goes to the room, but she comes back. Ed is talking to the producers and the camera saying how he gave up his friends, his mom and his daughter for her, how uh, everyone said he was going to have a miserable life with her. And he's just gaslighting her the whole way and is bringing up how she is a lesbian left, right and center. And again, I don't understand why that should be an issue. And if anything, he should be offended that he's making it as if it's a derogatory thing. I 
I think it's wrong of him to be like that. And I don't think it's any of his business. I think whatever it is she loved and whoever she loved, she loved to love. And that's that should be the end of it. Um, and then he called her immature. She's 29, Ed. Yeah, maybe start dating in age appropriate and maybe you wouldn't think that that person was immature. She's not even 30 yet. You're almost 60. Um, so he's like, I don't want to have to babysit. And I just, I was just shaking my damn head. That's it. I was shaking my damn head because you know what Ed wants? Ed want Ed thinks he's the shit. He really does, you guys. And he wants, like she said, sugar babies. He wants a beautiful young woman on his arm because it makes him feel better about himself because he is so insecure. And when she told him that he was a sad little puppy and you're not even that attractive, by the way. I fell out. I was like, she goes on to say, you know, you think you're the shit, but you're not. And then you know what he tries to do? He's like, where's the ring? And not just the ring, because, you know, he always has to throw out just stuff to make him feel important. Um, Where's the $13,000 ring I bought you? Who says, who talks like that, you guys? Who talks like that? Where's the ring? Where's the ring we, I got you? Who says, where's the $13,000? Like, no one talks like that unless you're, like, trying to be clout and make yourself feel better about yourself. It all goes back to insecurity. Um, and she's like, I don't know, probably in the bush. And he said, he realized at this moment that he was done. The ring was a symbol of their love. And... He literally says 13,000, 13,000, like 10 times in the matter of four minutes. So that we all know how much was the ring, you guys? How much was the ring? Because I don't think he said it enough times. <laughs> Warrior mom said probably 1,300. <sighs> Then he calls her dumb and said that she could have pawned the ring and helped uh, her grandparents financially. And then the infamous line that it wouldn't be 90 day fiance if we didn't hear it. What's the line, you guys? Ready? What's the line? Someone in the live chat? What's the line that we have to hear at least once an episode or once a season? Anyone know it? Going once, going twice, I'm done. That's the line that we always hear because everyone's always done. That, that part, I'm done. I'm done, Megan, I'm done. <sighs> Lord Jesus. All right. Down to the least, uh, wait, am I in the right? Yeah. Okay. So least problematic of the episode, submit 33, Jenny 63. Now, some of the stuff I didn't know you guys, and I was just like, oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> so as we know, they went to that Kama Sutra yoga class. And Jenny said, you know, that class was opposite of sexy. Well, it was only opposite of sexy, Jenny, because you really didn't want to be there. 
you know, if you really are into like Tantra and Kama Sutra, then if you're into it, it, it can enhance your life, right? It can enhance your, your partnership. But apparently Jenny broke cement and he, she broke his stomach and got too excited with the cowgirl move that they made. So whatever she did, she gave him a naval displacement. And I was like, what is that? So I'm going to pop this up for you. Sometimes weak digestion can also cause navel displacement is more important. It's more common in females and can lead to severe menstrual pain and excessive bleeding. There can be a lot of many possibilities and causes for navel displacement. Some of them are as follows. Sudden twisting or bending, heavy lifting, sexual activity, running, uneven walking, uneven jumping. So it's a thing, y'all. It's a thing. So I was like, because I was like, okay, wait, what is he saying? Because why did he say that I was on the toilet most of the time? I was like, wait, what? Jazza said, as a nurse, never heard of that. Uh, Gretchen says, I'm a nurse too. Never heard the actual term either. Yeah, you guys, that's why I had to look it up because I was like, wait, what? So I mean, without being graphic, because you know, I'm on YouTube, but if you're doing the cowgirl, which we saw what that move looked like, how is it, like, how, what? Your navel to your, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how, but apparently it's a thing. And Jenny gave him a navel displacement, had to call a doctor, That's the reverse of blowing out his back. All right, let me pull it together. So what was crazy to me is that they said, Smith said that he had to call a doctor, right? But so I thought the doctor came and diagnosed him, but the doctor just prayed for him and then it miraculously just went away. So he goes on to say that, you know, maybe you should weigh people before you try different yoga positions. And Jenny's like, wait, are you calling me fat? And he's like, no, I'm not calling you fat. I'm just saying I'm calling myself a little skinny. (laughs) This whole scene was just outrageously funny to me. Now, Now, 
This was on Twitter. Uh, so shout out to 90 Day Bidet. <laughs> Thank you so much for the super chat, Sugar48. <laughs> she says, sounds like a hernia to me, in my opinion. Oh, could it be a hernia? That kind of sounds like it. Are you a nurse too? Okay, listen, y'all. I fell out. I fell out on this. And I'm going to leave you, not leave you with this, but I need to show you guys this because it's hilarious. So the caption reads, Jenny and Samit's new favorite Karma Sutra position. <laughs> we have to play it again. Watch. Okay, one more time, just just for the people in the back. <sighs> Hilarious to me. <laughs> oh, I've lost control. Okay. So they're driving back from their honeymoon and he wants to go to his parents. You guys, I have literal tears in my eyes. Okay. Lori said, or Jocelyn says, no, that's the reverse cowgirl. Okay. So, um, they're driving back from their honeymoon and Samit wants to go to his parents to win them back over. And I just don't understand why, why are we here? Like I get in his culture, family is very important, but I feel like it's more, I feel like he, he is codependent on his, his parents because y'all Jenny and Samit. Yeah. They've been married only a year now in real life, but they've been together for 10 years on and off through, through the, um, lies through him marrying somebody else uh all the things that he's done to her and she stayed with them and the parents have known about her for 10 years so like i don't understand why we're here but here we are so he's going to try to win them back and in the meantime jenny wants to spruce up their quote old house so they're going to go look for kitchen stuff because they need some upgrades and one of the things that they need, you guys, is a cabinet. Now, if you guys remember from last season, I need to pop this up because I talked about, I talked so much shit about this. So when Samit's mom came and saw all this crap all over the place, I too was like, how, what, who, what? I had so many questions. And like the floor, there was food on the floor, y'all. Do y'all remember that? Kitchen was a hot mess. Okay. Now, not only is the kitchen a hot mess, and his mom said something about it, I said something about it. How, how do you live like that? Uh, <clears throat> I just don't know. So, because Samit wants to win back his parents, especially his mom, he wants, all of a sudden, Jenny's cleaning standards aren't up to par. And he's like, you know, you can put anything anywhere as long as it's clean. That was the first dig. And she's like, well, 
I think I clean well. And he's like, really? That was the second day. And then he says, in India, housewife duties are you make your husband uh, chai tea. Uh, you cook them all their meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You clean the house. You do the laundry, whether you're working or not. And that's why we call them super, super women. So Jenny's like, <laughs> be, be getch. I can't, I can't. I can't look at the comments anymore because I'm going to start laughing, but you are hilarious. <laughs> okay, I have to put this up. Upgrades, they need a whole house vacuum. <laughs> so Jenny thinks that she cleans very well. And so she says, you know, if the woman has to do all of these things, what do the men do? And he says, well, you know, we go out and we bring back the money and we run the house. And then I was looking at him sideways, like, you haven't worked since the call center where you catfish, Jenny. So, like, what part of your Indian husbandly duties are you doing? You live off of her social security. You ain't got no job. But apparently, allegedly, he is a cook. And someone sent me the article where he said that in their first season. I don't remember it. I haven't seen him cook a lick of things. So I don't know what type of cooking. Apparently he has a food truck with his bestie. I Show me that. Show me when he literally had a food truck. And show me the food that he was cooking. Show me him behind the kitchen. I don't. I don't believe it. But apparently that's, it is what it is. So Jenny's like, listen, what you're not about to do is tell me to be a traditional Indian wife when you're, you are not a traditional Indian husband, period. And then she says she wants a vacuum cleaner because she doesn't want to have to sweep anymore. Dig number four, he's like, well, I feel like we don't need this because we can just sweep vacuums are for carpets and also sweeping and mopping keeps you more physically active which will keep you fit um so i know you said earlier smith that you didn't say that jenny was fat but these like under your breath and not even under your breath these comments backhanded comments sounds like you kind of are saying that then he gives her a lecture about mopping with disinfectant so that the house is cleaner and hygienic. Listen, fool, I get like this photo is ridiculous and like I couldn't live like that. But if you think she's not up to par, then how about you also do some cleaning and do 50-50 because what you're clearly not doing is working and and bringing the money in the bacon home. So then Jenny's like, well, who cleans your mom's floors? And ugh, mom has a maid. Jenny's in great shape, in my opinion. Facts. I agree. And Sly Cat, hey, Sly Cat, um, says that those are definitely insults that he's hurling. I agree with that, too. And, you know, he goes on to saying, like I said earlier, that I think he has this weird codependence thing with his mom. Specifically, um, he says that Jenny needs to live up to his mom's cleaning standards. And I just wrote down, do they not know each other after being together for 10 years? Like you clearly know 
who Jenny is. And it's not the first time you guys have lived together. So you know her cleaning and her quirks and all of the things. So like, why is this all of a sudden coming up? It's ridiculous. What if your parents come to visit? What if they come to visit? Bring their maid, bring the maid. If it's not up to their standards, bring the maid and have her clean the house. <clears throat> Disclaimer, Angela is coming up. Um, I know a lot of you guys are not watching her. Uh, I just cover the whole show. I put out a disclaimer. She's another cast member that I think is verbally abusive. She was physically abusive. It was anyone else. They would absolutely get fired. I look at Jeffrey, who was, you know, sentenced to domestic violence off camera. And we're watching it literally play it on camera and no one says anything. And we're just going to roll with it. And she's going to try to to minimize it this episode. Uh, nah, fool. You fucking did what you did. You're not only a verbal abuser, but now you put hands on Michael and no one is addressing it. And you think you can get away with it and then go on to say that. What did she say? She said that. Um, I'll find it in my notes, but basically said that she's this nasty woman that will fight. Yeah, we saw it. We saw it, and I'm not okay with it. Oh, Stevie says, he can throw down. I'm on his Facebook, and Summit can cook. Don't know if he's working, though. Wow. Wow. There you have it, you guys. Apparently, Summit is a chef. Okay, so that being said, um, there might be some cuss words again that come out of my mouth because when Ed and Angela come on my screen, I can't help it. So again, she's complaining about all Michael has put her through. Um, and she is saying that she's, she's calmer today. It's out of her system and no fight left in her, which is bullshit because five minutes later, she's literally standing and yelling and cussing and pointing in Michael's face and like, I don't know what you call it, but you know when man, men, like, they get all close to each other? What is that called? Where they're, like, both, like, fist bumping, but with their chest? You know, when they're all, I don't know what that's called, but that's what she was doing to Michael. It was disgusting to me. She says that she was leaving Nigeria later that day. Um, she's going to go file for divorce. When she gets back to America, she calls Michael a scammer. What exactly is he scamming you with? Because you just like to use this triggering and stereotypical word. Now, we know that Nigeria has been known for scamming in the past. So now you're holding on to that word and trying to manipulate it and put it on Michael. When you never once thought he was a scammer in all of these five years. And the only reason he's a scammer is because he won't take his Instagram page down because you're so fucking insecure about your own damn self. Stop it. Oh, square up. Thank you, Mama Bubbles. That's what it's called. Yeah, when men square up with each other. That's what she was doing to her husband, squaring up with him. Awful. Awful. Just awful. So, I don't know. Did I? Did I? No, I didn't. I only did one. I just couldn't handle it. So, she decides that she's going to let some of her energy out. And so guess where she's going to the gym 
and she meets her friend Renee there. Now, she brings her cigarettes to the gym, you guys. She brings her cigarettes to the gym and says, oh, this machine is the best machine because it's her cigarette holder. Now, y'all know that was a play workout. They maybe did one curl with the barbell, dumbbell, and that was it. Then they just sat. She put on a friggin' poncho-y sweater thing. She friggin' put in her fake stupid hair thing that's not the right color for her actual hair. Put on false lashes and said she was going to go to the gym. So they play workout and she's just jealous and insecure and talking crazy about Michael. Instead, she's saying she's hurt for how he's been treating her the last few months. Um, And here she says her own words. He's taught, she believes that he's talking to other women on social media and that he, now this is abuser behavior in my opinion he brought that out of her. He brought, so he brought out the verbal and physical abuse. He brought that out. Tell me, you guys, that that is not a stereotypical thing for an abuser to say. I'll wait. Because I know you know that we've all heard this before. We've all heard it. Oh, I didn't want to punch you in the face, but you brought that out in me. I didn't want to call you a, 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 but you brought that out in me. Got it. So then she goes on to say that he keeps texting her and she's like not answering and she doesn't feel sorry. She feels like he's cocky now and she feels like he loves his car and social media more than her. And again, her own insecurities. This woman lives on social media. Okay. And we saw in the clip for next week, how he brings it up. He's like, well, you're doing flirty duets on TikTok with another guy. What are we talking about here? But you're hurt because he won't take down his social media because you're insecure and you're jealous and you're controlling, but it's his fault. Got it. Then she said something, you guys, that I was like, this is what it is. She's like, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to be with him. I don't need to be with someone who is not trying to change and I'm done trying to change him. I just want someone who brings me, you guys listen to this, it's important. The happiness and joy that's missing in her life, the happiness and joy. And I say it all the time, her face her face is 100%. She might have fixed the outside to her to her liking, but she hasn't fixed the inside. And every time she just sits see, and you just see her on the TV, it's I'm and I'm not saying this like as um as a physical thing. I'm saying that the nasty inside her, her soul sits nasty on her face. So she has a a mean looking face. So not only is she insecure and jealous and controlling, she's doing all of these things, you guys, because she's not happy with herself. And she's saying 
happiness and joy are missing in her life. Well, guess what? And take this down for a second because I really want you guys to see this. You have to have happiness and joy inside you first. You have to love you first before you expect someone else to bring you the joy and happiness that you're missing. I'm going to say that again for those in the back. If you're not happy within yourself, if you don't have joy within yourself, if you can't bring joy to yourself, then guess what? You're always going to be let down by someone else because someone else is not going to bring that joy and happiness to the capability that you are looking for. Goes on to say that she doesn't want to be with a scammer. And again, where is this coming from after five years? You not once ever said that you thought he was a scammer. And not taking down his Instagram does not equate to him being a scammer. What it equates to, again, for the record, is your own insecurities and your wanting to control his every move. Because let's not forget... That you're the same person that would not allow him to work because you didn't want him to be around anybody and you wanted him to be able to pick up your call anytime you felt like calling. (sighs) Got it. So she's meeting Michael for drinks because her friend Renee, I'm not even going to get into that whole situation because I just don't even think it's important, but her friend Renee said, don't leave Nigeria without having a sit-down conversation. She was trying to make amends for her bad behavior from the episode before, but both you and Angela, in my opinion, were super just wrong. And if you have a best friend to tell you to your face that you're, you shouldn't put your hands on anyone, then I just don't know what kind of friend that is. That's it. So Michael is meeting her for drinks and he's mad. He's like, she didn't tell me that she was coming to Nigeria. She disrespected my family home. She broke my car and I'm just shocked and dumbfounded. And Angela flew thousands of miles across the world to prove her point. And she came with anger. And the only point that she's proving is our marriage is over. Those are his words. Now, I was like, go ahead. Go ahead, Michael. Let's see you keep this up. Because when I saw the preview, it looks like you're backpedaling a little bit. But let me see. Thank you for finally standing up for yourself after five years. So what happens next? She screams. Okay, so here's the other thing that I was always told. Okay, I was always told, and I used to work in the service industry, and I believe it. How, if you're on a date or if you're with your significant other, how they treat the service industry people or how they are in real life. And Angela proves that point over and over and over again. I know y'all saw when off season, she was taking a trip, she was on a flight and she was cussing out the flight attendant and running amok on the plane. I know y'all saw that. If you didn't go ahead and go to 90 Day the Melanated on Instagram or on Facebook, I popped it up on there. She sits down. She sits down, you guys. Waitress is nowhere on camera, nowhere to be seen, and she screams, okay? She screams, can I get a waitress, please? 
waitress comes over. Three shots of vodka and a Heineken. Rude as fuck. Rude. Rude. No home training rude. So disrespectful rude. Sprinkle, in my opinion, sprinkled in with a bit of that mega racism. I'm going to just throw it out there. That's what I think it is. She thinks that she's in a third world country so that she can talk. She's the, I'm an American. So I can talk down to, you know, the little Nigerians that I don't think much of. That's, I just, that's what I believe. So they're both sitting there awkwardly silent. She's already gotten a drink. She already got there before him. So, you know, she was drunk the last episode. She's going to get drunk this episode. Three shots of vodka and one sitting in a Heineken. Okay. Not only are you drinking a lot, considering that you just had this gastric bypass surgery, you're not supposed to be drinking as much and you're not supposed to be smoking. I don't understand it. And I know there are a bunch of nurses in, in the live chat. You guys tell me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that you're supposed to change your whole entire lifestyle and you're not supposed to, because your stomach can't handle the same amounts as before. Don't know, but she doesn't care. Uh, <clears throat> so automatically she's cussing him out saying, you know what you did is wrong. You need to admit you're wrong. And this is where I was looking for earlier. Yeah. Gretchen, the nurse said, especially smoking that part. She literally says to him, you know that I'm a mean bitch and I'll fight. Those were her words. She stands up, puts a finger in his face, does, uh, what did you guys tell me it was again? Mama Bubbles told me something. Anyways, she stands up puts a finger in his face and is going chest to chest with him and cussing him out and saying like, she wants to see his phone now. So pull out your damn phone and gets in his face even more squared up. Thank you. I keep forgetting like squared up. Pointing, pointing, cussing, pointing, pointing, cussing, squared up. Give me your damn phone. Give me your effing phone. F, 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 phone, phone, phone. And he's like, no. Literally says no. Nope. Nope, I won't do it. It's my privacy. And he's also worried that she's going to take it and break it. And then he's like, she's like, put it in my pocketbook, her purse. And so he puts it in. And guess what? He takes her purse and she freaks out even more and says that he has something to hide and says, Look at this MF. I'm not here. And he's like, I'm not here to fight you. I just want to keep the peace. I want to have a conversation with you. And she's like, no, F you. F you. F you. Then she does this fake cry thing to camera that I was just like, mm. I don't know if one of the producers said, hey, listen, you, with all this anger and hate and and verbal abuse, you're going to have to throw in a few tears or people are really going to not want to be with you or hear you or see your face. I don't believe it. Uh, fake tears. 
fake friggin' tears. Uh, we have two more couples, but they kind of went fast. There wasn't a lot going on. Bilal and Shida uh, had their doctor's appointment. And it was weird because he's like, do you really want to go? Well, yeah, she wants to go to her doctor's appointment. She wants to find out what's going on. And she wants to find out how many eggs she has left because she's 38. She wants to have a baby. And he's like, well, I think it it's the cart before the horse. We're not really having, we're not trying for a baby. So I don't think we should. Not, oh, okay. Below. She's nervous. She's nauseous. Um, and what was interesting to me, and I don't know if you guys peeped this, but she's like nauseous and like teary eyed waiting in the reception area. And he doesn't console her. Isn't that weird? You're newly weds. Your spouse is obviously upset. And you don't console her. You just look at her. I think it's bizarre. So he doesn't console her. Finally going to the doctor's office. They get the blood work. The AMH test came back. And we find out that her ovarian reserve is low. And so time is of the essence. So basically you you guys need to start getting it on and start trying to have a baby immediately, if not sooner. And he's like, if you want a natural spontaneous pregnancy, you know, you, as soon as you hit 40, he says, you have a 5% chance of getting pregnant. So you guys have to start now. And this is Bilal's face. This is his face, y'all. He was like, oh, hell to the gnaw. Hell to the gnaw. So doctor goes on to say, you know, um, as women, we are born with millions of eggs. Um, and by the time you get into your late 30s, which is something that I didn't know, you have two and a half percent of left of those million eggs. Um, so you guys need to try having a kid in the next six months. And if not, then we can look at other options. And she's upset. She's like ready. And if Bilal doesn't want to have a baby right now then it's a deal breaker for her and i'm gonna tell you right now he is not looking like he wants to have a baby right now and even if you saw the preview for next week and she's talking about starting a family he's like we are not starting a family he's talking about this episode how you know those of us that have kids we know that kids are not easy kids can, like he has his kids in his mind and he's not trying to have any more kids and i don't know if it's a mixture between his abandonment issues or he's just trying to control the situation. But you guys, I say this all the time. This is a conversation they should have had and come to an agreement to before they got married. And I don't care if it's in your prenup for the time you, by the time you're 40, guess what? Bilal's so rigid like that, he's gonna hold you to 40. And then he's gonna say, I don't wanna have a kid, here's some money and what, are we piecing out now or what? And then Shada's gonna be left with no baby that she absolutely wants. And be upset. And she's going to resent him. Because she's starting to resent him now. So again, why did you all not have that conversation before you got married? It doesn't make sense to me. Use your words and communicate. Last and certainly not least, the most unproblematic, and I have to say bravo to, to Jovi. I feel like Jovi stepped up. I feel like Jovi is definitely like, 
taking responsibility on and doing a good job. So he has to go to work. He's getting his stuff together. Um, he wants Yara to wait for him to get back so that they can go to Europe together as a family. And the way he spoke to her was like, that's communication. He was having a conversation in a conversational tone. He had his please and thank yous. He had his reasoning and logic behind it. And I was like, this makes sense. This absolutely makes sense. And I am so proud that he's gotten to this point where he's like, listen, I want to just be with you. I want to protect you. You're my family. And I don't feel comfortable you going to Europe alone and taking Mila while there's a war in Ukraine. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. So let's give us some time to see what happens first. And, you know, I'll come with you. Hey, Dustin. Um, and I was like, everything that he said, I was 100% on board with. I get Yara's position. Hey, it's hard being away from your family and not being able to leave the country until you got your green card and then throw a war in. And she hasn't seen her family in years now. You know, she's going to want to go immediately and be with them and help them and make sure they're safe and all the things. Um, but she realizes, you know what, I should wait for Jovi because even though I want to go tomorrow, as soon as I get my green card, you know, Jovi is my support system and I want to go with him. And so she says she would wait. It's two weeks later, she's having a, spending the day with Mrs. Gwen, which I absolutely love her and Mila, and they are spending the day painting and I'm happy that they worked out their problems because, you know, they weren't talking for so long, but they're friends again. And Yara said, you know, there are bigger problems in the world. And it's true when you guys, there are things happening in the world. You realize that family is important and friends are important and the people that you love are important. And so I'm glad they made, made up. So she gives Gwen, Mrs. Gwen the updates about getting her green card past the interview. A week later, she has her green card. Boom. Um, and so she talks about wanting to go to Europe and the Czech Republic to see her mom when Jovi goes back and, or comes back. And that could be in a week. It can be in two weeks. And Mrs. Gwen is a little surprised. She's nervous because, of course, the timing and the war. And so she's like, are you leaving Mila with me? And and she's like, no, I'm not. I'm taking her with me because there's another grandma that needs to meet her hasn't met her hasn't seen her and mrs gwen's like you know i think yara's a little bit emotional and i get it she's been away from her family she misses her mom she wants to be around them and yara's like you know i feel like you're being a little bit selfish right now you're not thinking about my mom and then she says something that's so interesting that i was like oh is this where we're going so because jovi leaves like months on end Yara wants to stay as long as possible in Europe and be with her mom and we see in the preview how she's like yeah maybe I just want to stay here and the mom's like well what about Jovi and she's like what about Jovi I was like oh and I get what she's saying she's like well if Jovi's gone for the month if Jovi's gone for the month then why can't I be spend the month with my family here so they would definitely have to have a conversation and work out the logistics, but that's how she's taking it. 
Now, a lot of you guys are talking about Adele. Um, if you're in my news and gossip, I did a whole breakdown. If you guys haven't seen it, um, I did pop it up on YouTube. But long story short, uh, if you haven't heard, Adele has been arrested uh, by the Baton Rouge police and uh, the DEA for a whole slew of things. Drug, drug dealing, money laundering, a bunch of stuff. And so if you, <laughs> I was surprised that they they showed them in the in the flashback of last week today. I thought, oh, for sure, TLC would be like, nope, we're keeping our distance from that one. But yeah, definitely, you guys, make sure you're liking and subscribing so you can see all the little updates and all the news and gossip clips that I pop up in here. Uh, for those of you guys that love news and gossip and love interviews and all the name of the cast members, uh, think about my Patreon uh, all the exclusive stuff is done over there. And uh, don't forget to like this, subscribe, and tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And it's been a, it was a great episode, you guys. This episode was wild. And guess what? Next week is going to be wild as well. So I'll be back tomorrow with uh, 90 Day to Single Life. And until then, you guys have an amazing night. Thank you so much for being here. Live chat was popping. Bye for now. That part, Megan, all the tea is in Linda's Patreon. That part. You're welcome, Bonnie.